Welcome to episode 110 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information on every episode that can help you succeed. I've also had the honor of authoring the American Society of Civil Engineers Careers and Leadership column for the past few years. Now, here's a short preview of this episode in which I'll be speaking with president and founder of KMJ Consulting, Inc., Karen Jahanian. What are your individual core values? So we went around the table. Okay. And everyone named one. And then we went around again and they named another. And then we said, okay, how do these expand to the company? Because the company is the people. My co-host Chris and I both believe that in order to be the best civil engineer you can be, you must consistently get better. Get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we publish this free podcast to help you do just that. In this episode, I'm visiting the offices of KMJ Consulting, Inc., where I will be sitting down with the founder and president, Karen Jahanian, who founded the company 20 years ago. I will be asking her all about entrepreneurship in civil engineering. This episode will also be broadcast in video form on our YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com forward slash engineering careers. We also, on our YouTube channel, produce weekly Engineering Manager 8020 Shorts videos where we either speak with a manager or I provide an engineering management tip. Now I'd like to tell you a little bit about our guest for this episode. Karen Jahanian is an innovator and thought leader in the transportation and business community. With more than 30 years of experience in the transportation consulting business, she is a direct stakeholder in her clients' successes. Karen earned both a BS in civil engineering and master's of business administration degrees from Drexel University. She is a guest lecturer for the College of Engineering and is a member of the Close School of Entrepreneurship External Board. She is an active member of WTS, having served as co-chair of the 2013 Annual Conference Fundraising Committee, member of the Executive Women's Roundtable, and participant in Transportation U. In 2009, she was named Transportation Engineer of the Year by the Philadelphia section of ASCE. So she's had a very accomplished career, and you're really going to love Karen. She really dives into why she's building a business, going back to her kind of entrepreneurial roots, which I know many of our listeners are interested in. Before we get started, this is a free show, and our sponsors help keep it free. So please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI. By asking you to listen up later on in this podcast for my advice on how to advance your career in 2019, I'll be sharing info on where to find practical tips and time-tested resources for your civil engineering licensure exam. Don't miss it. And I also want to mention that if you know someone who might be interested in sponsoring this show, we would absolutely love to entertain that please have them contact us by going to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. On the contact page, there's a sponsorship contact page. 
This show is in front of lots of civil engineering professionals. So if your firm or your company would like to get in front of those engineers, we can certainly help you to do that and get messages out there. And in return, you can help to really support the show in a big way and support civil engineers. All right, without further ado, let's jump into our civil engineering conversation of the week. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now I'm excited to welcome Karen Jahanian, president and founder of KMJ Consulting to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Karen, welcome. Thank you, Anthony. It's really great to be with you. It is great. Karen and I hooked up on LinkedIn like I do with a lot of different engineers in different places and we kind of exchanged messages and said, let me come down and do an episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast. It's awesome. I've been a big follower of yours on LinkedIn. You post some really great articles that are, I know are really helpful to people of all ages. I mean, they are for me too, is, uh, not just, you know, people who are just entering the workforce. So sure, yeah. congratulations Thank you. Thank on you. helping that. people. We and need yeah, it. <laughs> I do get a lot of messages from executives and owners that they listen to the podcast, which is great because you never know who the audience is, but it's good to hear from different experience levels. So Karen, before we dive full in here, tell us a little bit about your firm and what you do. Well, as you know, this is our 20th anniversary. Yes, congratulations. We're really excited. And, you know, we have big 20 splashed everywhere. So I started as a single proprietor. It was my lifelong dream to be an engineer and to have my own firm. And it's a short story. So one of my friends recently, after I made the post on uh, Facebook about our 20th anniversary, she wrote this, you know, long thing, Karen, I've been your friend. You know, we've been friends our whole lives. I remember walking on the beach and you telling me that you wanted to be an engineer. And I thought to myself... She wants to drive a train. (laughs) So here I am, you know, 20 years later later. in in the firm. So our firm specializes in traffic engineering, transportation planning, design. And um, more recently, we've gotten into stakeholder engagement. We had been dabbling in it for some time. And now we're, you know, full on into that area as well. And any transportation project, if you can't sell it to the community and if the community doesn't want that project that's not going to be successful. Sure. So we see our, we're kind of in a unique situation because we are transportation traffic engineers. Right. So we understand what is being presented and we take the role of the advocate for the consumer, so to speak. Yeah. Those who are going to be impacted and or also receive the benefit of the project. So that gives us a really unique view. Sure. And it We've seen so far that it has really uh, helped improve project acceptability and smooth through the process. Right. So for those listeners not familiar with stakeholder engagement, that's obviously, like you said, getting involved, selling the project at that level, correct? So it's the public meetings. Okay. And also there are typically, on, at least on the projects that we've worked on very recently, there's a group of stakeholders at the agency level, mm-hmm. at the community level, and they may be, you know, residential homeowner communities, sure. they business communities, and we've coordinate and we help the engineers tweak and refine the message so that it's present mm-hmm. so that the complex, you know, concepts that we all like to talk about, level of service sure. and you know, impacts and so on are presented in a way that is consumable by the public. Yeah. No, that's great. And that's why one of the things that we try to preach at the Engineering Management Institute is, you know, how important your ability to speak as an engineering professional is. I know a lot of engineers that I sometimes talk to say, well, you know, I became an engineer because I don't like writing or speaking. 
I always tell them, like, oh, sorry, but those are probably going to be, especially in this world, in the civil world, mm-hmm. with presentations and approval boards, stakeholder engagement. Those are very important things that can really differentiate you. So for those of you listening, please consider focusing on those skills. But getting back to kind of your journey a little bit, you knew you wanted to be a business owner. You knew you wanted to be an engineer. Yes. And eventually you were able to put those two together. And, you know, congratulations, 20 years is, is an amazing stretch to be able to build something. But talk about your journey a little bit in terms of building the business, right? So to be around for 20 years, is I'm sure there's a lot of ups and downs, right? So take us inside of your mindset a little bit when you build this company, which is, I'm sure, a roller coaster ride, how you kind of, you know, stay focused through that. Okay, so that's a multifaceted question. I'll try and answer all of the pieces. Sure. So first off, for your listeners who might be interested in starting their own firm, the big thing is you need to want it. You need to want it bad right? because of obstacles, client pressures, staff pressures, the whole Cash nine yards. Cash flow. I mean, you know, how do you manage all those things? It's since I always wanted to do this, mm-hmm. I was pretty big into the business aspect sure. of engineering. I'm in the business of engineering. My engineers are in the engineering of engineering. I started pretty young and got involved in junior achievement. It's a great program. So for anyone who has uh, young people in their lives who are interested in learning more about business, Junior Achievement is a great program. I think it's at the middle school, high school level. Hmm. You start a company, you sell shares. In my case, we had two advisors who were from a bank, and they explained the operations end of it, the financial end of it. And then we had some technical folks who came in and helped us with the, the technical part of our product. And the most successful one that we had was uh, designing and printing T-shirts. Wow. Okay, so, so you did this at a young age. I did that in when I was in, in middle, middle school. school. I mean, yeah. my entrepreneurial career probably began. I think I was eight years old. Okay. You know, I asked my dad, "Hey, we had an apple tree. Yeah. Can you pick the apples? I want to go around and and sell the apples. I wasn't even allowed to walk around the block yet. I had to take an older friend with me." <laughs> So we sold apples. You know, the neighbors always take kindly to a kid. Who's, sure. I don't know if they were good or not, but right. hey, we sold them. So that goes so to your desire. It's in my DNA. Yeah. I was raised in an ecosystem of entrepreneurs all around me all the time. My dad uh, was an electrical contractor. I had cousins who were engineers, one who had his own firm um, that I ended up working for uh, for quite some time, actually. And then, I don't know, it was, it's in my DNA. So great. It's great for it to be in your DNA, but then you have to de-risk and be able to run a successful business. So to that part of your question, how do you ride out the ups and downs? I would say that I'm generally conservative, financially conservative, but I do chase shiny objects here. (laughs) You kind of have to. So, you know, one of the questions that came on LinkedIn asked, well, how do you grow? How do you know when you can do the work? I mean, sometimes you need to be a little bit ahead and take a little bit of a risk while knowing, knowing the most important, one of my core values is integrity. It's probably my number one core value, Okay. integrity. So we're engineers. You have your engineering integrity and you need to maintain that. Sure. At the same time, you know, you need to build a business. It's a balance. You balance, you start with your own skill set. That's what I did. I started with my own skill set right. and then made strategic hires to expand the skill set of the company. I'm not a designer, but I hired someone who is, right. who has the same core values as I do. Integrity, understanding the client's needs, meeting the client's needs, 
while balancing the budget, the schedule, sure, all those yeah, things. That makes sense. So you have these core values that you build around, and then you need to put the different pieces in place from the design side, from the finance yes. side, the business side, to make the whole operation So work. the most important thing yeah. after me is the team. Because if you don't have a team, I mean, I wouldn't, this, this wouldn't exist right. without the team. Let's talk about that because what I wanted to get into with you is you have the team, kind of your internal culture and the team here that you've built in your building. Mm -hmm. And then you have, I know your standards are very high for client interactions and expectations from, you know, looking into you and your company. I know that you hold that very high. So let's talk about both of those. Let's start internally because you have to build the company and then you can service the clients, of course, and it goes back and forth. So when people talk about culture, they talk about, you know, the interactions between people. You talked about the values a little bit. What is your philosophy around that culture for a company? An exercise that we went through recently was to bring everyone together in this room and say, okay, what are your individual core values? So we went around the table okay. and everyone named one. And then we went around again and they named another. And then we said, okay, how do these expand to the company? Because the company is the people. Right. There's no company. Right. It's, you know, we have a name, right. but in the service world, and we're, we are in the service world, we are here to improve the lives of those around us. I mean, that's what engineering is all about. Right. Yeah, sure. So for us, it's improving mobility. It's making the world a better place. So if that's our main value, then we do that with integrity. We do that with integrity, care, respect. And they're not just words for us. Right. You hold them at a high standard. We hold them at a high standard. Sure. And everyone feels it and believes it. And we talk about why are we here. And um, also, not everyone on our staff is a civil engineer. And it doesn't matter because they... As long as you can learn and improve. And, and fit in to mm -hmm. what you're building in yeah. terms of the values and that you hold high, mm -hmm. which is great. I think that's important because, you know, a lot of challenges I hear from business owners today are around recruiting and team building, right? Because it's a competitive industry. And I think having a strategy, well, when I say a strategy, I mean having these values and having something that you want everyone to be aligned with in a company makes it much easier in the hiring process because it's, it's going to be a little bit easier for you to identify whether or not this person is a good fit. Because you have something that you're trying to bring them into and, you know, make it work together. Right. So alignment is extremely important. We are a small company. There are 10 of us in this office. If we don't have alignment and fit and everyone getting along, it's a problem. Yeah. Because 2,000 square feet, 10 people bumping into yeah. each other every day. So recruiting and hiring, it's usually we do it by word of mouth. Yep. And do we know someone who we want to work with us? Right. Sometimes someone who fits and in to what exactly to someone do. who fits in who has a solid work ethic, who cares as much about the world as we do, sure. and who we want to work with. One of the expressions is that if there are only two of us in the boat, you want to be with that other person. Right, that's a good good way to look. You know, at it. that's yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, I think what it boils down to, and we've done over a hundred of these civil engineering podcast episodes, and I practice as a civil engineer myself. I think civil engineering is all about people. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. You're working on teams. You're working with citizens on projects. If you're, if you're doing the, mm -hmm. um, the stakeholder engagement, you're constantly around people. Everything is working with people. So these are such important skills. And also putting together the right people, which is what we're talking mm -hmm. about here, is extremely important. So if we shift a little bit here, go into the client side. Now, you started this company, of course, on your own. At a time, it was you and your clients mm -hmm. interacting. And now you've grown that. You have people interacting with clients. And, you know, from the stuff that I've read about you, stuff on your website, you're really client-focused. 
You want to give the clients the best possible experience. Mm -hmm. Talk about that mindset a little bit and how you have kind of instilled it or tried to instill it in all of your people here because it was just you in the beginning. First, I think it's really cool that you're saying that engineering is about people because engineers don't typically think that way. They think, well, I'm, I'm designing these plans, but what are the plans about? You're meeting the needs of people. People. So that's why it's called civil engineering, right? right? I read one of the books that I use for kind of my business development Bible is called Selling the Invisible. And that's essentially what we're doing. Right. So, you know, without giving away my secret sauce, I can say it, but other people may not be able to actually to do it is my personal goal is to understand what our client needs. Sure. To know what their pain point is and to resolve it. If I can't resolve it, then I will tell them I cannot resolve it. Right. You know, you have to be honest. Sure. And that's what we talk about. We talk about that, you know, around the lunch table. We sure. talk about that during staff meetings. Find their pain point. And clients come to us with problem that others can't solve. And right. it's a, it might be a one-off. It might be a, hey, we need you to develop this training program for, you know, the new color DMS boards on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Yep. So we learn everything there is to learn about that particular sign, how it works. And then that's their problem. problem. So the challenge is it, this is a change for the operators. They were using a different kind of sign that they knew that sign, that sign was easy for them. And I'm using this, you know, kind of metaphorically. So any change for anyone is difficult. Now you have this new sign. Well, we need to have the, the right person who can relate to the operators. So in that particular case, we went and understood what they were doing with their old signs. So you really so dug in on how's it. How's it gonna, how's this gonna change their life? Right. Their work life and, and their processes. So, and we do a fair amount of training also. We developed our own customer service training for traffic management centers at DOTs. Oh, okay. Started with DelDot because it's a small state. Sure. And their operations center takes calls from anyone. Hmm. The governor could be calling. Right. Person who's answering the phone needs to be sensitive to the fact that it might be the governor calling. Right. And we took that program and we expanded that. Actually, we did the same program at PennDOT. And we've done that program internally with our staff as well yeah. because we're in the same right, business. That's what you're, it's customer yeah, service, customer essentially, service. what we're in. Yeah, that's great. And I want to just you know emphasize one thing that you said there in terms of the sign example, right? Understanding what the people are doing, those workers are doing on the signs today, right? Mm-hmm. And understanding how you're going to change their life. I think that's a really important thing to think about is that when you dig in to that level of depth with people, they get a sense of, you know, these people are just ultimately trying to help us, mm-hmm. right? And not, it can help to shift their mindset from stay away from us, we don't want change, to, okay, well, I see you're trying to make things better and you care about how we do things. Let's work together and maybe this will eventually help mm-hmm. us. And so, you know, because we do this, some of the things at EMI in terms of training. Like if we do training for a company, I always tell them like, I don't want to just give you a, a canned training program. Let's talk to your people. Let's do some surveys. Let's figure out what you need and give it to you. Right. Because I don't want also your staff to just think you're pushing something on them if they don't need it. So when you focus on the customer, really good things happen. I mean, I think... In fact, when uh, Jeff Bezos started Amazon, I, I read about this. He had a flywheel on a napkin, and in the middle, he wrote customer, and everything revolved around the customer, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing in engineering. And I think that that is really important because the 
customer is really everything, as they say, you know, customer's king. But let's talk about creativity a little bit now, because I know that you're, you want to be innovative. You're trying to do everything you can to be very creative and, and bring an atmosphere of that here to your firm. Talk about creativity. Okay. So for me, it starts at project creation. And, you know, the whole thing about finding the pain point is... I get really excited about that. Yeah. So find the pain points. That, okay, how can we solve this problem? So recently, a client came to me and said, okay, we're going to do this project. How do we structure it? Sure. Well, that's what you want them to ask you. Yeah, <laughs> right? So I thought, I said, well, what? you know, let me think about it. Then next morning I woke up and, okay, well, I have the answer. I drew out the org chart. Then I said, okay, well, these are the, this is the mission of this project. Okay. I've been in the industry for a while, sure. and I had the really good fortune to learn from some excellent engineers. That's great. And people who were involved in environmental impact studies and you know, just thinking through the project. So I try and apply those same principles. It's, you can get a bunch of engineers in a room and they can design a project, but the project management, the thought that goes behind it, right. knowing how it's going to be executed is the most important thing. So going back to the creativity thing, yeah. kind of the Bible of business development is, and winning a project, is having an influence over the request proposal. So you can seed the idea. Sure. So we're out there talking to our clients all the time. Yeah. So why wouldn't we say, hey, have you ever thought about this? Hey, you know, I see this issue here and it would be great if you could do X, Y, and Z. Yep. So there was, you know, one particular project that we had the opportunity to provide input on how the project was going to be developed. And it was at, at a point that a new technology just been developed that could be used to accelerate some of the process. So we had the opportunity to say, hey, you know, to consider you know, doing this so that like before and after study, essentially, yeah. so that then you can get more funding when you've shown that the improvements make are in fact effective. Sure. And as well as technology, and then got on the right team. And you can put those three things together, impact the proposal process, not in an underhanded way, just, you know, you you're have conversations with people right. and say, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, let's try something new as an option in the proposal and then have the right team. No, that's great. I mean, yeah. listen, it's, I think what it's about, like you said, is, you know, engineers, we get into details a lot and we can figure out the details and, and design the projects. But oftentimes what it takes is someone to step back and look at the big picture. Mm -hmm. When you talk about creativity and how you could do things a little different, be a little innovative. I know, I know for me, you know, I keep a, a couple of blank notebooks on my desk so that when something comes up, I can sketch stuff out and I try to stay outside of that those details for at least a few minutes before I decide to jump mm -hmm. in. And I've seen that make all the difference because sometimes when you're trying to take more of a 360 look at things, you see everything going on mm -hmm. as opposed to just, you know, what's in the middle of it, what's the details. So I think that that's great and that that's something that's valuable for our listeners to think about, even in your careers, when you're looking at your career and your career progression, are you missing anything? I mean, a lot of times there's a very standard route you can take. You go in, you get your EIT, you do your design work, you get your PE license, and that's all great. What are some things you can do, like maybe working on your business development skills earlier than a lot of civil engineers do, mm -hmm. which then will make you give you an advantage later on, right? So thinking kind of a little bit outside the box, being innovative with your career applies just the same as you know, building a business. And something else that I would recommend to any engineer is go to events that are outside of our industry and listen to podcasts. Sure. You know, 
watch YouTube videos. Everyone's right. Better yourself, you know, however you exactly, can. Exactly. Yeah. However you can. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big TED, Audible fan. You know, you're, you're a TEDx yeah. uh, speaker, so TED talks, yeah, there are tons great. of TED talks that, that can help and improve. Yeah, and that's the thing about today's world is that there's really no excuse for you not to improve your skills if you need improving because all the resources are available. It's just a matter of making the time, right, and budgeting your time effectively so you can build those skills. Right. I mean, I tell engineers all the time, I probably said it on 50 of the 100 podcast episodes, is like join Toastmasters. Right, go yes. to Toastmasters, speak in front of a room. It's once a month, twice mm -hmm. a month for a year, and your speaking will be dramatically better. Yes. And in the world of civil engineering, like we already talked about with people, you've got to be able to speak. Absolutely. So speaking of Toastmasters, I have to give a plug to, not Toastmasters per se, but Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie, so another one. Dale yeah. Carnegie, everyone in our company has gone to Dale Carnegie. It makes, and that, you know, I talked about alignment earlier on. After having gone through that program, we are so much more aligned yep. and also understand what our priorities are. And it makes it easier when you have the, the skill set and the golden book right there in front of you Absolutely. to put yourself in the position of the recipient of either what you're saying, yep. the work that you're doing and so on. And think about it. So, you know, I talked about stakeholder engagement and the customer and all of that revolves around, well, put yourself in their place. And even for me, with our team, I have to remind myself, put myself in their place. Yeah, put myself in their place, yeah. I try to do that too. Think about, think it through from the other perspective. Mm -hmm. so that, Absolutely. That can be helpful for you. Absolutely. And that's what I do too with our team. You know, I think one of the things to be a good manager, a good leader is, you know, your team needs to be able to succeed. So if they don't have everything they need, you could be sitting at your desk all day thinking you're getting things done, but people aren't being productive. They right. don't have the information they need. So I think... You know, part of being a good leader is, you know, you have to put your people in the right positions to succeed, whether it's equipping them with the skills like mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie or giving them the right software or, you mm -hmm. know, making sure they have something. You have, if you have to review something for them and they can't go until you do get that done, right. you know, it's kind of like critical path, right? Like, yes. what are the things you need to do to keep them successful? So I think that's important. The other point that I wanted to talk to you about, we, we talked a little bit offline, was entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship. What does that mean? What yes. are those? So... Entrepreneurship is within your company. So being an entrepreneur, you go out, you start something sure. and you build it. And then maybe you go and start something else. And if you're a serial entrepreneur, you just keep doing that. But entrepreneurship is within your organization. What can you do to be, you know, entrepreneurial, have a new idea, have, right. I mean, it's for some people, it's very intuitive for others. They're going down their path. I think that people need to feel comfortable. They mm -hmm. need to know that they're going to be heard and that the idea that they have is going to be given consideration. It may not be accepted. It sure. may not be accepted as it is. But sometimes that little idea, when it's discussed around the table, turns into something that's so much more powerful than what it started as. It may take on a new life, right. but it's more powerful. So one of the things that. that I try and do here, and I have to precede it by saying, I kind of want what I want when I want it. Sure. I need to remind myself that others aren't necessarily moving at the same pace yeah. as I am I and create an environment that is receptive and fertile for ideas. Let's have a conversation about this and be transparent. So that's, we're in, we're at the end of the year. It's yep. time that we set goals sure. for 2019, uh, for the company, personally, for each individual. And I try, I open with that. Okay. We need to be, you know, transparent, open, tell me whatever idea that you 
have. What is your goal? That's a professional goal. Right. That it you may think that it does not apply, but maybe it does. Yeah. You know, for maybe sure. that's an area that we can move into. Yeah. And we just hired a communications engineer about eight or nine months ago. Okay. To help us enter more effectively into so traffic engineering is going to change. Right. Anyone who thinks that it's not is wrong. Yeah. I believe. Even though we still have some electromechanical controllers in Philadelphia, there, there may be a day that Verizon is running all of our wow. signal systems. Yeah. So uh, we hired a communications engineer to help us I see. So enter you're, into you're that getting ahead sphere. Of the curve. Yeah, yeah. And I think so. You know, that's we don't have any other communications engineers here. So Right. Yeah, I think going back to the, the whole thing about entrepreneurship, which I think is important, is the reality of it is is that thousands of our listeners will never start their own engineering company, which is fine. They work for big companies. Mm-hmm. They're working their way up in these companies. And that's why I think entrepreneurship is great. And I think there are a lot of listeners that will start and do probably already run their own businesses. But if you're not that person, which is totally fine, there's a lot of different routes to success as an engineer and you want to make some moves in your company, that's where I think entrepreneurship really comes in because you can be innovative within a company. You can you know, tackle some new technology that's coming down the line, whether it is something to do with you know, smart vehicles or you know, whether it's traffic or whether it's another part of civil disciplines. But my point that I'm getting at is you don't have to be a business owner if you're an entrepreneur only. And you can be successful within a big company by employing some entrepreneurial skills. Yes. It also can be just an improvement to a process. Yes. So entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, it's about a person who is willing to put their idea out on the table for consideration. Takes guts sometimes. Sure. Yeah, a lot of guts. But the idea that's kept to yourself, it just dies. It's it's a shame. Right. But if you express it, it's a little seed that can grow into a beautiful flower. Right. And unless you take a chance, nothing's yep, going to happen. Right? Nothing will happen. That's, right. That's what I tell people right. that are trying to decide on whether or not to do something. I can say, well, remember, if you don't do it, I can guarantee you that nothing mm-hmm. happens. If you do do it, I can't guarantee you something's going to happen, but there's a chance. Yes. So that's important. So once again, we're speaking with Karen Jahanian, president and founder of KMJ Consulting. We're going to take a break and come back in a minute, and we're going to put Karen on the civil engineering hot seat. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now it's time for our Civil Engineering Hot Seat segment, in which today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, PPI. Do you want to advance in your career but not sure where to start? All of us have been there at one point. One surefire way to grow in your profession is to get your civil engineering license. The best place to gather info on civil licensure and pick from multiple review options is PPI2Pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. During the month of January, PPI is offering 15% off almost everything, including must-have licensure review and practice materials. Visit PPI2Pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI, the number two, Pass.com. All right, we're back with Karen Jahanian, president and founder at KMJ Consulting, and it's time to put Karen on the civil engineering hot seat. You ready? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> All right, first question. Are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual or lunchtime ritual, something that you do consistently on a daily basis that contributes to your success? 
I pray every morning. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not meaning to say it, you know, kind of in a funny way, but I pray that God gives me the strength to get through the day, to be kind to people, and to just have have peace in our lives. And then I will always read something inspirational. They could be quotes. They can, sure. you know, be listening to a, a podcast. Something to get the day started in a in a positive way. And whenever I can, I walk to work. That's great. For me, when I wake up, I take vitamins in the morning. When I open the cabinet, I have a bunch of quotes there mm. on the inside just to kind of get me going as well. Okay. And I have that on my bathroom there mirror. You so, you know, you got to keep that mindset. And we did have a bunch of questions that came in from people about, you know, building a business in the mindset. One of them was from Rachel on LinkedIn that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And again, I think this is part of it though. What you just talked about is any kind of routines that affect your mindset, your peace of mind. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get into building a business and even just engineering in general, even if you're not a business owner, engineering is a stressful profession. Let's be honest. We got projects, we got clients, we got budgets, we got timesheets that have to have correct things for all kinds of things going through your head all mm -hmm. day. So anything you can do to bring peace of mind to that, I think can be very valuable. And in fact, I've found that walking is also very helpful. Mm -hmm. Like you said, if you can get out and walk to clear your mind. So Anthony, if yeah. I can make one more comment, I have a few of my staff members are women who have, who are married and who have families at home. Okay. So one of the big things that we've been talking about recently is work-life balance and being present. So they want to be present at work so that they can do a good job at work. They want to be present at home so that they can do a good job at home and feel good about all of the, the multiple demands that they have sure. on their time. So I recently have asked one of them, I said, the photograph of your child is still when they were an infant, and I'm pretty sure that they're a toddler now. I need you to bring that photo in so that I can remember that you have children at home. Oh, that's great. It changes the way that I think and the way that I speak and treat everyone around me. Because yeah. I'm the owner, I can have a singular focus, but we have a team and we all need to have some kind of balance in our lives to be able to work effectively. So oh, I think in, you know, in terms of the, the rituals, each person has to have their own ritual during the day. Most of our people also take a walk um, yeah, no. you know, in the middle of the day, kind of clear your head and yeah. get cold, especially this time right. of year. You know, cold, get you going. Yeah. And I, a great think, thing to do. I think that's a good point because I think one of the other kind of misnomers in the world of civil engineering or engineering in general is that you can only have these kind of interactions in small companies. I think that's false because every big company that I go to, their teams, right? Mm -hmm. You have a manager that has three people. They can have the same interaction about someone's children and family that you're having with people here. Right. So I think just keep in mind in terms of rituals and in terms of interaction with people, it doesn't matter what kind of company you're in, how big the company is, what the office is like. If you take the time for these things, there's ways to interact with people mm -hmm. on those kind of levels. So I think that's that's really important. All right, next question. What's one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you found to be extremely helpful in your professional or personal development? Well, there's definitely not just one. Sure. Uh, I mentioned one earlier uh, called Selling the Invisible, it's yep. a, you know, related to business development. There are lots of great transportation books out now. I think um, Sam Schwartz just came out with, Sam, with a new Sam one called In the Driver's Seat, something like that. It's yeah. about driver's seat. And Sam was on the podcast previously, so we can link to that episode right. as well. But another thing that I'm a big proponent about of is they say that you're the average of the five people who are around you. Okay. So I have five people. I've never met them. So Brene Brown, Simon Sinek, sure. Oprah Winfrey, Maya Angelou. There are others. So I read their work. So that's and listen to their podcasts and watch their interviews. 
I would encourage ev- everyone to have think about that. It's who like are your own team. who? It's my not, own but team. They're not here. They're, it's my own team. <laughs> they're not here. They encourage me every day. That's they great. don't even necessarily know that they do, but you know, I'm very grateful <laughs> to each of them for doing that. Right. And then, of course, there are people who are much closer to me who provide that same kind of value, and sure. the people who are on our team. Yeah. You know, no, I think that's that great. Well. I like that because I think one of the challenges in the world we live in today in terms of development is that it's information overload, right? There's yes. information everywhere. There's books, there's podcasts, there's articles, and a lot of it's great, but first of all, you can't consume it all. And second of all, it's not all really for you or mm-hmm. pertinent to what you're doing. So if you can pick, whether it's like people like you're saying, mm-hmm. or a couple of podcasts or a website or something that's consistent for you, that gives you information you need, it just makes it easier because- one of the things about developing yourself is if there's too much stress around, there's all these things to do, you're not going to do anything. And from my experience, right. I love that idea of building your own team, mm-hmm. whether there are people that you have access to or not, you have access to them through their content. Yes. And you need support. Right. Everyone needs support. <clears throat> sure. And whether we want to admit it or not, it's for improvement, but it's also for you know validation of what you're doing. Absolutely. There are times that we could be at the leading edge. And how do you know? that that's that you're on the right path. Oh, absolutely. So you look around and and you identify others who have been on that path, a singular path that have had naysayers. Right. right? So, you know, I've had a lot of naysayers. Why would you want to start your own company? Why don't you just stay where you are? Right. But yeah. I had an idea of creating a workplace that was different. Sure. And it's a small company. People have ac- direct access to me. Right. That's what they. That's what they. That's what they want. And you know, I'm deviating, but there's a difference between a small company and a large company. The difference is that when I go and meet with a client and they see KMJ, KMJ are my initials. That's me. Right. The buck stops with me. Right. If you work for a large company, there's no who is the owner. So you have multiple layers that a project manager can report to. It does all come down to personal individual integrity. But there's definitely a difference. Right, which I also think poses other challenges as the company grows, right? Which keeping that personal touch, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, I guess, the evolution of an engineering company. But that's a whole other episode that we can't cover in the (laughs) house. All right, two more questions. Firstly, if you think of the managers that you've had in your career, maybe it's a favorite or one that you thought maybe was the most effective, not asking to name names or anything, but what would make you remember that manager? What was it that stood out for you in your favorite manager or one of your favorite managers? My favorites were probably the ones that were the hardest and caused me to grow as a person and as an engineer. So they challenged you? They challenged me, absolutely. Okay. And I, I like a challenge yeah. and I'll throw down a challenge to others as well. But they, I mean, they're all engineers. So one of them was all about grammar mm. and typos. And it was crazy, actually. And I had a conversation with him once and I said, listen, I, I know you really care, but can you use a different color pen? Because there's <laughs> like the red is blood everywhere. So... But those are the kind of things that you, are, that you remember, right? Because they had an impact. Of some yeah, it was 30 years ago. I yeah. still remember yeah. it. <laughs> Exactly. And people do that because they care. So for, you know, listeners who are early in their career or in the middle of their career, they have to realize, oh, the person's doing this because they care. Maybe they could do it in a different way. And maybe if I say to them, hey, can you do, can you tweak this or that? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I hear you. We listen as, I mean, I'm a manager too. Listening is a big part of it. And Mm -hmm. like you said, I love that challenge people. So if you're listening and you're either you know, a manager, you want to transition into a manager, you know, challenge your people. I mean, I think people respond to challenges. They want challenges, right? And they want direction. 
and they want and the they want to know what are the expectations right what are the expectations what am i expected to do mm -hmm. so that they know what to focus on right they need mm -hmm. some direction so that's great all right last question we call it the critical civil engineering career elevator advice question if you got into an elevator with a civil engineer you had 30 to 40 seconds to talk to him or her about their career and they want to be successful as a civil engineer what do you tell them always be improving yourself okay. always learn like that be curious be really really curious all right, never stop learning. Never stop learning. Karen Jahanian, president and founder of KMJ Consulting, thank you for letting us come into your offices here and spend some time with you and for coming on the Civil Engineering You're podcast. so welcome. I look up to you and I welcome any opportunity. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed my visit to the offices of KMJ Consulting, Inc. I really enjoyed speaking with Karen, who's a fellow entrepreneur. I mean, obviously I'm an entrepreneur myself, building and growing the Institute for years now. And I just love speaking to other entrepreneurs. And I know for a fact that our listeners, many of our listeners are civil engineers that are entrepreneurial and either want to start their own business or really want to bring in business for their firm and move towards the top of their firm. So please, if you like the episode, you can always reach out to us through engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. We're always looking for topics. In fact, we had a, a listener recently tell us that he wants to hear from clients of civil engineers. So that's something we're working on as well. I also want to just remind you, I said it at the beginning of the episode, we're looking for one or two more sponsors of the Civil Engineering Podcast. So if you know someone, maybe you work with someone who you spec out their products and you think that you know they might get some good exposure on the podcast, please make an introduction. You can reach me directly at afasano at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Please remember you can find the show notes for this podcast at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 110. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And you can check out this in video format if you'd like on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash engineering careers. Until next time, I wish you all the best in your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success. 